Welcome to The Dental Brief, the world's direct, right-to-the-point podcast produced to get you the information you need to learn and grow your practice. To learn more about our guests and find links to information discussed on our show, visit our website, dentalbrief.com. On to today's episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of The Dental Brief. Today, I have with me a guest that's going to talk to us about PPOs and going to talk to us about reimbursements and ways to make our practices uh, more profitable in the insurance world that we live in. Uh, Jordan, go ahead and say hello. Yo, what's up, everybody? I'm Jordan Comstock. Jordan, it's a it's a pleasure to have you here. The subject is uh, one that I'm really grateful that we're talking about today. Um, seeing the online forums, and I'm in a dental forum that I, I spend way too much time on that on Facebook. It's got over thirty thousand members, um, so it's pretty busy. And I, I, I it seems like every other day there's a long thread and a long conversation um, going on about PPOs and about reimbursements getting cut significantly, some of the biggest cuts that anyone has ever seen. Um, so I want to talk to you about that. Let's just, you know, we'll say what it is. The problem is, is that, you know, dentists are getting squeezed on reimbursements. What are you seeing out there and what's going on in your neck of the woods, which is this whole country, by the way? <laughs> yeah. Well, I think PPOs should be fired from almost every practice, right? Besides maybe some startups that are getting off the ground. But I, you know, you're right. PPOs are giving less and less to the practice and it's a, it's a giant problem. And really when you introduce when you sign the dotted line to get on the PPO contract, it does three things to your practice. The first thing it does is uh, it diminishes your profit margins. It kills your cash flow and then jeopardizes your patient experience. Because a lot of the times patients think, you know, if, if for some reason, you know, insurance isn't paying out everything they thought, they blame it on the practice. And it's just, it creates a, a horrible patient experience. Um in the, in the dental office. So just with those three reasons alone, I think it's time most dental offices fire the PPOs. <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> yeah. And you know, I talked to uh, just not too long ago, a person who's in the industry, almost 80 years old. And, you know, they told me that the biggest reason why dentists won't end up going fee for service, the number one reason is fear. That's it. Right. Um, but there's some logistical things that really do happen, right? I mean, if you if you cut, if you're getting 75% of your revenue from one PPO and you, you cut them tomorrow, you're going to struggle. So what, how do you, you will, wean? Yeah. What, what, what advice would you give to a dentist who's trying to go from, um, you know, all PPO or mostly PPO to no PPO? How do you get there? Yeah, so I'm actually writing an article for Dental Economics Magazine on this exact topic. So the first thing that you want to do is, I would say, optimize your current you know, fees with, with PPOs that you are with. So that means negotiate and, and get the best you know, payouts from those PPOs as, as you possibly can. The second thing you want to do is create a dental membership program. Uh, that's kind of my expertise in the dental space has been since 2014. So we've been doing this for a while. And, and then after that, you want to, you want to train your team after you set up a membership plan, you want to train your team on verbal skills, how to communicate, you know, and sell the membership program to your, your patients, your uninsured patients, and then add a network patients, right? Because soon you will, after you negotiate and set, set up your membership program, you want to then start cutting and making those now um, out of network patients, a member of your membership program. So they retain in your practice. So that's kind of like the 30,000 foot look at what practices should do. Now it's obviously 
a lot more complex. It takes some time, but it's energy and time well spent if you're serious about creating a, a quality dental practice that not only delivers quality uh, to your patients, but, you know, quality profit, we'll, we'll, we'll call it that. <laughs> so I'm a big, I, I'm a big believer in the in-house plan. I think every dentist should yeah. offer it. Um, I think, you know, when a, when a patient calls and says, Hey, I don't have insurance anymore, or my insurance has changed to someone that you're not taking boom in-house plan, right? Someone comes without insurance in-house. Plan. I mean, these are kind of no brainers as far as like who you should yeah. be offering these to now. I saw a post last week where someone said that they had cut a major PPO and they said no more. And that major PPO sent letters to all of its customers of that particular dentist and said, hey, here's other dentists that you can use. And that dentist felt like they were wrong like that. They're still the customer of the PPO. So I understand the PPO is right to do that. But I'm guessing an in-house plan, like offering that before you cut those patients, (laughs) right? Probably a pretty smart thing to do. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of practices will send like when they launch their dental membership plan uh, in house, they'll they'll you know they'll send a, a letter to all the patients talking about what it is, how it benefits both uh, the practice and the patient. Obviously, primarily focusing on patient benefits, um, and then they'll do some offices will will do like just a formal letter, right? Because it seems more official, um, a text message, and, and maybe even an email blast educating their their patients. Whether they have an insurance or they're uninsured, everyone gets that message, right? Because like you said, you never know when a patient is losing their dental benefits because of a job change or because they got laid off from COVID-19 last year uh, or any whatever whatever situation, right? You, n- you never know. Or maybe they have a family member that doesn't have insurance. And most patients think, well, I can't go to the dental office if I don't have insurance, which we all know is untrue. Um, and when you educate your patients, you know, through those mediums, you, you know, will generate referrals and signups for your membership program. So that, yeah, I absolutely, uh, agree with, with some pre-marketing before you cut out the PPOs, um, and, and make sure they're retaining to onto the membership plan. Sure. Let me ask you this, the, and I know, I know the basic level answer, or I'm guessing what the basic level <laughs> answer you know, what the difference between practices that have a tremendous amount of success on um, bringing people onto the in-house plan and those that don't, I'm, I'm guessing the reason is the ones that were successful asked and the ones who were not successful didn't ask. That's got to be a big part of it. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. So there's, they either have a passive mindset or an active mindset in regards to growing their membership program and, and, and getting out of the, off of the PPO treadmill. Right. So yep. is the pain, I guess, painful for that for them to take action or is it enough just to coast right and I, what we've seen practices that think about their membership program as a, an attraction or marketing tool a retention strategy a case acceptance enhancer and then a recurring revenue component to their business and they understand all four of those 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 components do really well like sign up thousands of active membership patients and a, a big piece of that is making sure you're promoting it and marketing it, not only to your existing uninsured and your existing inactive and active patient base, but also reaching out to your local, uh, just your local neighborhoods. A lot of practices will do like a direct mail campaign, let's say, uh, any type of outreach campaign or external marketing campaign and start educating their local market on what a membership program is that they can come to their office 
uh, without insurance, that they have a, a, a solution for that. Those practices grow to, you know, a thousand plus active membership patients. And for a for a solo practitioner, or even if you're a DSO and you got or a group loca- a group practice and have that happening in every location, that adds up, you know, with with a re- the recurring revenue and the expansion from case acceptance uh, quickly once it happens. So, Jordan, um, your site is boomcloudapps.com, correct? Yeah, boomcloudapps.com. Tell me a little bit about the software and what it does for dentists. Yeah, so the software is a platform that helps you. We, we call it revenue as a service, right? Basically, so we help uh, create membership programs on the software. We have we have a plan builder, uh, also have templates that practices can choose to create their membership programs. In addition to that, we've got once you log in, there's a dashboard that tracks all of your metrics that you need to know when you implement a subscription business model to your practice. So tracking <clears throat> month, monthly recurring revenue yearly recurring revenue, active patients, churning patients in, in the membership program, um, and, and other metrics that you need to know, like the back of your hand when you implement that type of business model. So a lot of dashboards and reporting. Um, and then we do have a team that helps do call campaigns to your existing uninsured patients um, and helps them get signed up on top of the on, on your membership program. Also, you can we integrate into the practice website. So how the platform works is when you design your and create your plans, it will automatically create a landing page that you can integrate into your website. So patients can sign up online. You can do text campaigns. You can do email campaigns, social media, um, and drive traffic to those pages to get uh, online signups to your membership program. So that's kind of a, a gist of what we do. We automate the payments for the practice. We track benefits, um, for for the patient and for the practice. And then we have a, a, a patient portal where the patient can log in, see what benefits they re- received, kind of see their payment history. So that's kind of how it looks, I guess, in a nutshell, talking about it, a, a quick overview. But sure. yeah, that's, that's kind of how it works. But practices, like I've said, we have practices, a lot of practices that reach the, thou- the thousand active membership patient st- uh, uh, metric or goal. seems like that's most of solo practitioners want to get to a thousand or more active membership patients, you know, and, and we provide obviously the, the platform, the software, but also the people to help them achieve that. So if you're able to switch, let's say if you have 2000 patients, active patients in your practice, and you're able to get half of them on a plan, your revenues go through the roof, don't they? Yeah. So we found pretty much, well, number one, you generate a predictable recurring revenue stream, which I think is one of the most important things to do in a dental practice. It's a, it's a cash flow strategy. Yeah. You got, you got to have good cash flow. If you got a thousand active members paying 35 bucks a month, you know, per, per patient, that's $35,000 in automatic recurring revenue coming in. And then on top of that, we've looked at thousands of practice acro- practices and, and patients across the nation we found that uh, patients that, who become a member spend between two to three and a half times more with that dental practice than a non-member. So I call it the membership effect or the me- or the Amazon Prime effect is another yeah. word for it because we all have Amazon Prime and we're, yes, all getting, so. we're all getting the package on the porch every day from Amazon. So yeah. it's the, the membership effect. So in addition to those recurring revenues that, that are coming in, uh, the case acceptance or ex- expansion from case acceptance uh, starts to kick in because 
well, members simply buy more. <laughs> so I've got a practice listening right now. I'm sure it wants to get going, wants to get started, wants to kill it on in-house plans and get, get off uh, PPO. What's uh, your elevator pitch as far as you know, what's the best way to do that? What's the number one way to get on that, that train? Yeah. So it's, it's the first step is starting a membership program and, and getting your practice train on, on verbal skills uh, so I, I recommend uh, we've got a lot of free resources on those topics uh, on our website. If you go to resources, when you're on our website, you can see eBooks, you can see courses that you could uh, go and register for. They're all free and get access to that. We also have the boom cloud university uh, that we can send to uh, practices and office managers to help get on the same page and learn what a membership program is and how it can help both the practice and patients of that practice and, and learn how to cut out PPOs. So that's kind of what I say, get educated on what a membership program is and what, what it can do for your practice. And then I would just schedule a demo to learn how boom cloud works and if it's a fit for your, for your office. Awesome. Thank you so much, Jordan, Jordan Comstock, boomcloudapps.com. Jordan, thanks for coming on today. Yeah. Rock on. Thank you for joining us on today's episode. Did you know you can weigh in on today's topic on Facebook? Search The Dental Brief on Facebook or visit our website, dentalbrief.com, and just follow the link. We look forward to having you join us again on another episode of The Dental Brief.